Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Should the number of abortions be reported on? Because there is rula bula going on online at the moment, uh, on Facebook pages and all over the place, because new figures show that a total of 6,666, quite an ironic figure actually, even if I am an atheist, uh, 6,666 abortions were carried out here last year under the new legislation, legalising the termination of pregnancy in some cases. Uh, the, the vast majority of abortions, 6,542, were carried out uh, on early pregnancies of less than 12 weeks, according to the report on the first year of legislation laid down by the House of the Oireachtas. So some 21 terminations were carried out under the legislation's risk to life or health category, while uh, three took place uh, because there was a risk to the life and uh, health uh, and in an emergency. Um, and by the way, they probably happened anyway long before we had legislation. Uh, 100 abortions were performed because there was a condition likely to lead to the death of the fetus, in other words, a fatal fetal abnormality. And Dublin accounted for 2,493 terminations, according to the Women's Home Address, and Cork for 606. Uh, terminations were carried out in all 26 counties uh, of the Republic, with Leitrim recording the lowest figure of 27. Some 67 terminations were carried out on women giving an address in Northern Ireland, and the Law and Health Regulation Terminations of Pregnancy Act 2018 came into effect December 2018. According to the 2019 abortion statistics for England and Wales, there were 2,135 abortions to women recorded as residing outside uh, England and Wales in 2019, which was a decrease from 4,687 in 2018. Um, so it does seem that, you know, on top of the 6,666 between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland 2019, um, for, there were 2,135, which is a massive decrease because, of course, they don't have to go to England and Wales anymore. So that you can add that on top of the 666. Well, not all of them, obviously, because some of them would have been from Northern Ireland as well and possibly Scotland too. Um, but if we take it, for example, that in 2016, there were 3,200 abortions roughly in Ireland. And during the referendum, we were told by people that there would be no increase, that there people said there probably wouldn't be an increase. But there was. It seems we have doubled the figure. Abortion in Northern Ireland was decriminalised after a free vote by Westminster MPs in July 2019. The then suspended Northern Ireland executive did not return by, or by October 21st, 2019, meaning the amendment would introduce by Labour MP Stella Creasy was passed into law the following day. Of course, you can blame Sinn Féin and the DP for that. Uh, tonight, I want to talk about the reporting of these figures. Some people are not happy. One person said online, are they going to report on the number of operations that are taking place each day, the number of medical procedures taking place each day, or is it just that they want to shame women who had abortions? I fear it is the latter. It is sad that even after this country passed the law to allow women to make a choice, we are still shaming them by announcing how many happened in one year. So people are not too happy about it. Whereas other people believe that it's a matter of fact and we're trying to have that information. But what do you think of the message? Should the number of abortions be reported on? And is it, is it to, do you think it's to shame people? I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's just a matter of having statistics. Um, should the number of abortions be reported on each year? Or should it be something that should be private? As some people have said online, pardon me, online, this is the personal business of those women involved. And it shouldn't be a matter of, public record let me know what you think but they don't mind you they don't give out their names or anything like that it's just a number they don't go you know Mary from Dublin or something like that you know they're just it's just a number just telling us how many happened I mean for example I can look up if 
for the last 20 years or 30 years in the UK and see how many abortions there were and the reasons for those abortions. We keep statistics. You know, you can go and look it up. It just so happens that newspapers printed it today because it was the first year it happened. I, I don't see what the big deal and what everybody's getting all fussed about. But however, some people are fussed about it. Uh, so should the number of abortions be reported on? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Maeve, uh, you are a pro-life spokesperson. I just want to make that clear to people. So obviously, you obviously have your own side of the argument. Yes, uh, and we're used to listening to you as well. So uh, welcome back to the show. It's been a little while, of course, because we haven't spoken about abortion in a while. Yeah, and I've been busy with work, so I haven't been on for a while, but it's good, good to talk to you again. You too. Okay, in relation to the, you know, the hula bula that's going on today, people giving out that they shouldn't be printing these numbers that were trying to shame women. And we had six, it's an ironic number, by the way, 6,666. When I heard that on the news today, I said, I'm not even religious and I feel there's something in that, if it's not a sign. But anyway, um, do, you, do you think these numbers should be reported? Well, I, I, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that when we hear about 6,666 abortions happening in Ireland in the first year, which is an increase by any estimate. By the way, it is more than that. It is more than that. Because you have to include those who travelled as well. But these are the ones from Ireland. But I I just find it so strange that the discussion online is apparently about should we report these numbers or not, rather than actually looking and saying, that's 7,000 babies whose lives were ended in abortion, and 7,000 mothers who felt they had no other choice, and 7,000 fathers who never got to meet their baby. So there's their lives involved here. And, and I think, you know, it does relate to women's personal lives, but it relates to the life of the, the life of the child, the mother, the father. And in many in many of these cases, these are women who didn't want an abortion, but they felt they had no other choice. They didn't feel they were being offered support. And I think to just gloss over those numbers and say we shouldn't talk about it. When you say they didn't didn't feel when you say they didn't feel like they were offered support, maybe some of them were offered support, but maybe it was a case they just didn't want support. They just didn't want a baby. Well, Niall, we know from any any of the research that is done into the reasons women why women have abortions shows that majority of abortions are for socioeconomic reasons. Women feel pressure either from finances. At the moment, with the homeless situation, the career, the, maybe the maybe they pressure, have a career. Career and, pressure, yeah. it's huge pressure on women now not to have a baby until everything is perfect in their life, and they can't be too young, and they can't be too old, and they need a stable position. There are huge pressures on women at the moment, and um, to not have a baby at the, the wrong time. And I think that we have to acknowledge that that we don't, as a society, we're not encouraging women to have their babies. We're encouraging women to have the baby at the perfect time. Where I, I think we would like to see a society where we say, well, we will welcome every baby, protect every baby in law, support every mother. And yeah, but, many, but, but, but it, it is fair to say, Maeve, whether we like it or not, whether you believe in different value, family values to other people, and, and I'm sure you do, and maybe I do as well, and some, I'm a bit of conservative old uh, footy-doody, but in saying that, women are waiting longer to have children because they're putting their careers first. Not all women, but some women are putting their careers first, and rather than having a baby at sort of 18 to 24, which would have been the kind of thing to do 24 30 years ago, whatever. Uh, now, a lot of women are waiting till they're kind of closer to 30. And, you know, and there's also the affordability as well because they have other priorities. They they meet somebody, they have a mortgage. Mortgages are more expensive nowadays. And, you know, and to, just to afford a baby nowadays is quite expensive because you, you got the woman generally has to put her life on hold for a little while and her career on hold. Well, it's true that having a baby certainly will change your life. But I think what's not spoken about and what we're in danger of doing again if we push these numbers under the carpet, like I think there's a big attempt to do today, um, to do that today and that very few media outlets have even reported on it beyond a cursory, you know, reporting the numbers once and leaving it at that. 
that if we brought under the carpet, we leave out the part that... Yeah, but what are they meant to do? But we ran it. No, in having fairness. Our, our newsroom, in fairness, did run it on every news today, every news bulletin today. And uh, the, the numbers, as you say, rightly, it was just the numbers. Uh, but what, but are, but what are they supposed to say? human lives that were ended. We've been hearing the main news story every day for months about the lives that were lost to COVID-19. We've done everything we can to try to protect people from losing their life to COVID-19. And here today we have, for the first time, we've learned there are around 7,000 lives were ended in abortions. And there's almost nothing. There's the most cursory of coverage. And I think by doing that, we, by sweeping it under the carpet, we minimise the fact that abortion is a big decision. If a woman chooses to have an abortion, that has a really big impact on her as well. And for many women, they find an abortion really difficult to come to terms with. And that's even more so if we sweep it under the carpet and we pretend it doesn't happen. And we, we had one, one of the TVs in the Doyle in the last session, Lisa Chambers, talked about abortion regret being makey-uppy. But we know there are so many women who regret their abortions, who struggle afterwards. And it's much harder for those women to talk about it publicly because they're being told that they shouldn't regret their abortions. So they're being told, don't talk about it, let's pretend it doesn't happen. And that doesn't help women now. Well, I, I, well I suppose... The, it doesn't help it, women, it doesn't help okay, Well, it's, it's, it's not being told so much not to regret it. It's been told that there's no shame to it. And, and that's what they've tried to do over the last, you know, 10 years is to take away the shame. And the people who are objecting to the idea of these numbers being publicised today or talking about it is they're saying that we're continuing to try to shame women by releasing these public figures, these figures very public. Like, for example, our news today would, wouldn't run a story and say, you know, 20 people had a lung transplant or 10 people had a heart operation or uh, 70 people died of cancer. Or, well, you know what I mean? If, if this is something that abortion campaigners want to treat abortions as healthcare, we do report on procedures. We mightn't report on all of them every day. These are procedures that end lives. These are new procedures that are being done in our health service for the first time. These are procedures that we are all um, paying for with our taxes, that our society is facilitating the ending of life. And I don't think it's, it's fair to say that it's just the same choice to end a life or to continue a pregnancy. And I think if you listen to what messages have been coming from government since repeal, there has been a really clear message. This government, the previous government and current government look like they're going to continue. They will help you have an abortion. They will roll out abortion access. They will roll out the red carpet for you if you want an abortion. I haven't heard them giving the same emphasis to saying, if you're struggling in pregnancy, we'll help you through that. We'll help you with that. We'll help you and your baby. You can do it. We can help. You won't have to choose between education and a child. We can help you do both. You won't have to lose your job. We'll support you if you're in a precarious job, if you're homeless or if you're in a difficult housing situation. But we will help you with that. If you're suffering from Yeah, but it's all well and good. But yeah, but Maeve, you know and I know, before COVID-19, with the homeless problem we had in this country and the you know temporary accommodation, it's all well and good telling somebody you'll help them, but it's putting it into action. And we can't. We just we don't seem to have the funds. We don't seem to have the wherewithal and the ability to, to provide housing for everybody who needs it. But in what other situation do we offer ending a life as, as, as a choice? As an alternative. To avoid um, yeah. a housing situation that we can't handle. We don't say, well, we'll just, you know, you've got five, five people in your family and your house can only fit two. We'll just end the life of three of those people. We don't do that. We say, let's help you find a house that can manage a little bit better. Let's help you through this crisis. Let's get you to a more stable situation. There's no other situation where we turn around and say, we'll help you out of your poverty by ending the life of one of your children. 
Okay, we'll stay there for a second, maybe, if you can. Uh, keep texting. The number's 87 We're talking about the figures that came out today. 6,666 abortions were carried out in the first year of legislation um, up to January, I'm assuming, 2019. The legislation, of course, was brought in just after Christmas last year. And um, on top of that as well, you still had a number of women who went to the UK to have an abortion. Many of those women, maybe they just didn't want to tell anybody, so they went to the UK instead. So altogether, probably about 7,500 abortions in one year. Um, and May was saying... Well, look, you know, what, 1,730 people lost their lives to COVID-19. It's all over the news. It's all over the papers. We locked down a country. Yet 7,000 babies, as far as she's concerned, lost their lives. And nobody's really talking about it. It gets a cursory mention. Andy, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Andy? Good evening, now. Um, Andy, is she right? Should we be talking about this more? Should we be more concerned about this figure? And should we be supporting women so we could reduce that figure? Yeah, well, I think I would ask the question of May, does she offer the same support to women who've been through the abortion process that women that haven't been through it? You know, because that's, that's what this is essentially about. Yeah, so, Absolutely. so good. So, I think every woman I'm, I'm deserves support in whatever situation she's in. So, and if a woman has had an abortion, and I know women who have come to me and told me about their abortions, I offer them support, I offer them a hug, I make sure, I ask them, have they... Have they talked about it with somebody? Do they need to talk to somebody about it? I ask them, are they doing okay? Would they like to talk about it? I, so, it's, it's, it's okay, 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 so, okay, okay. So there is no doubt, and, and nobody. I don't think. I think very few people would, would would debate the fact that going through an abortion is a you know can be quite a difficult process for for, for many people, you know, mothers and, and and fathers alike. But really, you know, it's not. It's it's their choice to go through with it. It's not because they don't see any other choice. It's because they probably see that is the right choice for them in their circumstances. And there's a multitude of reasons why, you know, people do it. And as you, as you touched on there about the perfect circumstance, unfortunately we live in a, in a society where housing is incredibly expensive and for any child to be able to afford their own place, it means they have to stay at home for longer. So, you know, people having children in their early 20s, you know, with the dream of sort of, you know, living in their, their own house is... Is, is gone, you know, for many. It's absolutely gone. So there's, there's a multitude of things. Now, back to the, the point about statistics. You know, what we say when we talk about statistics, uh, there are 6,666 stories of, you know, real, uh, of, of, of real people that have, that have gone through this process. And for, like we say, you know, many different reasons. Um, what do we do? Yes, I think, to be fair... It is of, of, of current value and current news in terms of, you know, what was, it, was, was the take-up on abortion. Um, but it shouldn't be used in a negative way as this to say... Well, why, oh, should, why shouldn't it be? If Maeve is pro-life and many people are pro-life, actually 37% of those who voted, or 33% of those who voted would be pro-life. Um, and, but that's only the people who voted. So let's say that 30 or 40% of the population because, are against... Kyle, well, surely they're entitled to, to view it in a negative it. way. Well, because we've legalised... But that doesn't uh, mean people... Just because you legalise something doesn't change people's views on it. But to morally take the high ground over somebody, you know, killing... You know, for a start, again, that, that whole issue of, you know, what constitutes a life and at what point does a feeder becoming a living, sentient being is, is something that's up for debate. But, you know, the fact well, that you, 1,000... Can I... can I just say... And, and let me just, and I, I will, you know, let you respond. Sure. Is that there's, there's 1,700 people that, you know, have died from COVID-19, who have probably had families, who've worked, you know, who've, who've, who've lived lives contrary to society, you know, have sort of, you know, social circles, etc., and, and, and are, you know, grieved over by the, the people that are left behind, you know, whereas, 
when we talk about abortions, I, I hold a different view that there's not the same, you know, that, that, that life as, as we're Has never about. had any connections. As I'm, as I'm well, apart from the mother, apart from the mother. Okay, well, well babe, yeah, respond. I mean, you made, okay, well, okay, you made a comparison with COVID-19. And some people would say that's an unfair comparison, Maeve, as Andy pointed out, because those people have lived a life, they have connections, they have mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, family, friends, whereas an unborn child, the only person that it has any connection with is his mother and father, and really they've never met it. Well, yeah, but to that point, and I think there are two parts to those of us who are pro-life, there are two aspects to it. One is the human rights aspect. Is there any point at which it should be okay to end an unborn human life? And I recognise that many of us will fall on different sides than that. The other aspect is the impact it has on women. And I think it's, it's very unfair to say to a woman that it, her baby's life had no value because it was ended before it was Nobody, Nobody's saying no value. I, 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 I don't know. No value. Well, I think, to be fair, that is the point that Andy seems to be making, is that we shouldn't place a whole lot of value on a life before it's no, born. No, what I've said, women, it's a very difficult decision. For, for the vast majority of women that go through the process. It, it's not it's not Well then Andy well then Andy okay, well then clarify the point that Maeve is making. Do you believe the value of an unborn child or do you put less value on an unborn child than you do on a sixty five year old man or woman in hospital with COVID nineteen? Of, of course I do. So you put less value? Yes I do. Okay. Okay, sorry Maeve, then make continue yeah, to make and, point. And, and, and that's I think that's fair enough and I th- thank you for being honest, Andy, because that, that is what the abortion the legality of abortion comes down to is whether at what point we start to value human life. But the other side was the impact on women. And I think this is where, um, I'm not sure, Andy, how many women and men you've spoken to who've been involved in abortion. But when well, you speak to women well, and men well, who've had well, abortion... A few, a few. But, but you, yeah, but, but oh, very dear. often, years later, and sometimes decades later, they will still tell you how old their child would have been. That child didn't just end, their life, their life ended in the abortion, but they were still carried in that mother's heart and in their mind. They very but often remember exactly when that happened. But there was, there was a connection there. That event. baby had value to that mother. But in that but, moment, she wasn't supported in her circumstances. There are, yeah, obviously, but, there are some women who choose, knowing all the facts, all the information, all the supports they choose, they don't want to have that baby. Would, and now would you they're going to facilitate ending that life. But there are many women who want a baby, they want to continue their pregnancy, and okay. not one person says they'll help would, them. Okay, would, would, go ahead, would, would you agree that many women that end up getting abortions are there because their pregnancies are accidental? Certainly that the majority of women who have abortions didn't intend to become pregnant. But right. should the circumstances of your conception determine whether you live or die? Well, well, I mean, the vast majority of abortions in Ireland, 6,542 of the 6,666 that were carried out in this country were carried out in early pregnancy of less than 12 weeks, would lead me to believe that the majority of those were pregnancies that were, as they used to call it, an unwanted pregnancy. Well, accidental. Or accidental. It's, it's, well, I suppose there's no such thing as an accident, is there? Huh? Well, no. Accidents are caused. If you, have, if you have unprotected sex, then, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise. You, you, okay, you, so there for so for for either economic reasons, for reasons maybe it wasn't the right time in a woman's life because of her career, or maybe they felt they were too young because there are cases. Obviously, I know more so in the UK. I, I don't know the exact age groups here because I don't think the age groups are listed. We in don't the get any information here like that. Yeah, okay. In the UK, for example, well, I, actually we did when when the Irish women were going to the UK at one stage. I remember reading there was fourteen yeah, people under the age of sixteen. Yeah, we actually have less information now. Yeah. So there is less information available now. And, and, and I really, you know, what, of what great interest is it to, let's, oh, I suppose it's a great interest to, to, to some, but, you know, the, the women that have been through this process have been through this. You know, when we talk about emotional problems and we talk about a healing process, you know, subsequent to that, 
then really, you know, statistics are real people, and, and how we use statistics are important to the people who are left around us. So, you know, well, I, for, for one, they're not there. They shouldn't be there to use to sort of go, oh, my God, this is dreadful that so many women have, have, have done this. You know, and, and well, they, or, I, well, I, so I mean, I, I want to, I want, but maybe before you say that, I want to make a point as well, Andy, that, you know, we had, as I said, two, 3,200 people the year before legislation came in, um, went to the UK, or should I say 2016, but it was reported in 2018, went to the UK for terminations of pregnancy, right? So that's 3,200. We now have 6,666 plus the roughly, mm-hmm. we don't know exactly how many of those, I had the figures, I don't have the figures actually here. It said there was 2,135, so that would have been from Scotland, Northern Ireland or Ireland. Yeah. So I'm assuming maybe maybe 500 to 1,000 of those would have been Irish women, right? Yeah. 375 in 2019. Okay, so the point is that we have almost... I suppose we've gone over double the amount that we had mm-hmm. into this. So those who said during the referendum that it will not increase the amount of people that are going to have abortions were wrong. It just has. It we've well, literally I, we, I, we've I literally doubled that the, opinion. Well, I had I heard loads of people with that opinion when they were saying, ah. "Oh, the earth's not going to fall in. Don't worry. The same women don't make okay. this decision lightly. So women are not going to suddenly decide to have an abortion just because it's legal." It clearly means that women did decide to have an abortion because it was legal because twice the amount of women have had an abortion. If it's simple, well, it's, look, it's a simple process. If it's, it's easy to access a service, you know that means more. There's going to be a greater take up in that service, yeah, but, whatever but that service is. But in, in, when all, any of these points were made before the referendum, we were told we were being ridiculous for saying that if abortion is legal, there will be more abortions. It's happened in every other country. If you look at Britain and the numbers of, of abortions that happened there, they increased by five times in just the first five or six years. And they're yeah. up to over 200,000 abortions now. And, and one of and, the reasons why we well, should have statistics, I believe, is that if we don't have statistics, how can we address the issues? Now, the statistics we have, they don't really tell us a whole lot other than the no. number. The statistics in Britain are actually much more comprehensive. They tell you the stage at which the pregnancy, at which the pregnancy was terminated. They tell you and the method that was used to well, terminate it. They tell you the age of the women, um, mm-hmm. their ethnicity. They tell them whether they were married, whether they had other children, whether they had previous abortions. So they yeah. tell you information that you could actually use to build a public health policy and say, oh, in this minority group, actually, we see a really high percentage of abortions. I wonder, are they suffering a lot? Socially, is there some problem there? Well, I mean, I I think she's making a lot of sense. Andy, she's making a lot of sense when it comes to statistics. If we're not gathering statistics as to the, you know, the the backgrounds of the people who are having abortions, well, then we're not going to address them. The British government, let me tell you, and I don't know. Well, we're not going to, well, forget about the British government for the second. I'm talking about here in Ireland. We're not going to address a problem if we don't know who's doing it. I doubt very much that the British government are doing a whole heap, you know, to uh, put in healthcare policies to help those that are, you know, more likely well, to end yeah. up in abortions. Because, look, I mean, at the end of the day, let's face it, a lot of abortions are down for unprotected sex, and the question's got to be, really, what's wrong with our bloody education system that people don't seem to, you know, fully appreciate the fact that if they have intercourse without taking proper protection, you know, not only are they going to liable to sort of spread STDs, but also... Well, again, in unwanted pregnancy. Well, I, well, look, women who have been taking the pill and men who have used condoms, sometimes, on rare occasions, condoms can burst and the pill can fail. So that can happen too. Very rarely, I know, but it does happen. But stay there, please, Andy, and maybe if you can. Let me go to John as well. John, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, John? Yeah, listen, first of all, and I meant to say to you previously, I want to thank you and Helena and the station there because right up to the referendum and up to almost a few days before, you were the one through station 
that dealt with this more than anyone else. And you left people on both sides on, and sometimes they strips off each other, right? And it did get very heated. Or like some of the local stations here, one which I have taken myself off and had a massive role with the presenter, and I'll never be on again. And fair news to you, and you're doing it again tonight, I guarantee you, the two local <coughs> stations here on Cork, won't, our news talk won't be talking about this tomorrow because it doesn't suit them. Okay, okay, well, I'm glad you got that out of your, out of your system, no, and, I'm, no, and yeah. I'm happy I'm happy to allow everybody to have their opinion. But, yeah, John, no. there are people online saying that these figures shouldn't be reported on because all we're trying to do is shame women who have had abortions. What do you well, say to I'd that? I'd be putting that figure now on the placard, no, right? And I'd be front of the old Martin. I'd be Sunday, with the day he came home, and myself and another guy went down to his house, not actually outside his house, but the entrance, and the other lad had to go away, and I stayed there. And it ended up with a fairly controversial uh, poster. And ended up with five uniform guards and three armed detectives uh, for the deal with me. Now, it ended up cordial. I mean, there was no hassle, really. Like, I told them what I was about, and they listened. But somebody ratted me out because what I had on the poster, right? But I make no excuse for this. I will never stop fighting for the unborn. I took on the National Women's Council of Ireland, who were the biggest bunch of hypocrites here in Cork a year ago, right? When they had a meeting... And I went in there, and they had feminism in Europe up on the board. I said, how dare you call yourself feminist? I said, when you use the National Women Council of World, back to abortion. I said, who stands for the female baby that's waiting to be born? If you're a feminist, I said, you won't do it, but I'll do it. Now, I've just seen Candy there, and he's a trouble with Andy by his accent. I know, obviously, he's from across the water, right? Well, he and, lives and, here. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But the fact is that since 1973, since the Lord David Steele, brought him the abortion over. He said later, he never envisaged that would be used almost like a contraceptive tool, right? And you see, the people over there since 73, it's part of the culture, you know, it's embedded. And unfortunately, the same thing is happening here. Now, I was shocked today with the numbers. I knew it was possibly coming. I am totally depressed. I am sick to the pit of my stomach. I've got numerous calls to with people crying down the phone in a terrible state. They won't sleep tonight. They'll be going to the doctor tomorrow. I know one person, and I'm convinced of it. She, she got cancer over it. Another person. What, because she stressed out so much over it? Stressed out so much over the result. Could not accept it possibly. Crying in a terrible state. Got sick. And it got very, very, very sick. And I know other people as well. They're totally depressed. They just can't get their act. They just Even in their families. They just can't seem to get their act together over what happened. They're so down and despondent over it. And to hear those figures today, and as against the people, the government that Maeve was right there, like, I mean... The well, wait, wait, what, what, do you, what do you say, sorry, I'm going to go back to Maeve and in a second, but what do you say to people to say these figures um, are only uh, being published to shame people? Well, listen, I watched the programme after it was finished with you last night about St. James' Hospital, and to see the way the teams there fought for a 97-year-old man and woman there, and the effort they put in, put them on ventilators and be trying to save the person's life. And at the other end of the scale, imagine, 6,666, imagine, children never got a chance to be born. Like, if the same amount of people had died from corona, they would be hell to pay. Well, okay, Andy, Andy we're well, coming back to that again. We, and we, and, we, and we, I, I, I kind of knew this was going to be the... Well, Andy, in fairness... You know, if you're a believer in pro-life, it is the obvious argument that at one end of the hospital you have six nurses and doctors around a man 97 years of age trying to save him, and at the other end of the hospital you have a queue of women waiting to abort a child who in their their eyes is a child. You can't ventilate a fetus now, can you? What? That's the answer. You can't what? 
can't ventilate the fetus. No, that's a stupid argument, Andy, isn't it? Well, it's not a stupid argument. You just said... The fetus, hang on, the fetus is not dying. I was going to say you could allow the fetus just to continue to develop. Well, are we talking about getting rid of the fetus or are we talking about getting, you know, the, the, the life ending or, you know, protecting a life? And it's what we just said. How do you value a life and, and what way do you, let's say... I don't believe any limits on abortion. Or would you feel that there is any point before birth where an unborn baby, an unborn human being, should have any rights at all? Or would you support abortion all the way up to birth? Is there any no, point? I, in I, I, I think it's reason. What, what I think is, I think that abortion is not something a decision that people take lightly. I think that there's plenty of unwanted pregnancies. And, and can, say, can you answer the question actually, she asked you? Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. So anything after that, you 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 would disagree with? Oh well, I, I think. And is there a there reason why, weeks. apart from the legislation and the law and what they say, is there a reason why you you believe twelve weeks is okay? Okay, uh, two reasons. One, because essentially, if you you know don't want to go through the pregnancy, I think twelve weeks is enough time to make your mind up, and then after well, that, then you absolutely hang on, John. Hang on, John. Sorry, go and ahead. Then, and then after that then yes, I do believe, you know, the fetus is forming in, into, you know, an unborn child. So, so, yeah, you, so you, don't, you don't believe it's, it's a human or you don't believe it's a child or you don't believe it's a baby up to 12 weeks? I wouldn't be calling it a baby up to 12 weeks, no. Well, 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 no hang on, John, hang on, John, hang on. When, when, when do you call it a baby? Well, what stage would you call it a baby? Would you use the word baby? God, do you know what, now? I'll have to go and sort of get my biology books out. No, no, the reason that, no, I, I just, I, know, I find there's a lot of, that. well, I don't know, I find there's a lot of hypocrisy about this word baby sometimes, because well, the, the word baby is used if somebody wants it, but it's not a baby when somebody doesn't want it. Is, is that the way it, it works? Because I've often, I, I I've often seen women get their first scan. When do you get a first scan? What's it, 14 weeks? Right, 12 weeks. 12 weeks. And they'll put the scan up on Facebook, they'll show it to their friends, and they'll refer to it as their baby. Of course, that, that people are entitled to do that, aren't they? The people put a lot more than that on, on, on Facebook. So um, I'm just saying. So is it only a baby if you want to, but it's not a baby if you don't want to? Is, is that the way it works? Well, well obviously, Niall, you work, can so. you can call anything you want depending on your opinion and on your circumstances. No, I'm only so, asking you the question. I'm just yeah. asking the question. I'm well, just I'm answering your question, which is people do whatever they feel is the right thing for them, which right. essentially but is Andy, what is we're is talking about. Is there any point of human life? And I suppose this is where it comes back to the first part of it, the human rights question. I would hold that every human being, every human life, from the womb to the tomb, from conception to natural death, would have the right to, to live, to be allowed to live, and to have their well, life protected. Um, fertilized egg. Abortion is ableist, it's classist. But yeah, but, they, but, but Maeve, you know and I know that the Supreme Court decided that the unborn child has no rights. The, the Supreme Court in Ireland. Yes, just be, this well, was before the they, abortion. This was before the abortion referendum. Actually, what I understood they, de- they decided was that there wasn't anywhere else outside of the Eighth Amendment where they had explicit rights. Yes, that were explicitly mentioned. But I think, from a human rights perspective, you know, we obviously recognise that at some point in, in the law, well, human rights. Right. So human Ireland beings have some and it's abortion protection laws. Didn't Amnesty criticise? Didn't Amnesty International criticise Ireland and its abortion law? Well, I think Amnesty International need to relinquish their human rights defender title when they exactly. abandon the most vulnerable human beings because 
human beings who haven't been born yet, who are still in the womb, they can't stand yeah, up for themselves. And they've been I don't think it's huge cells you can class as a human Okay, okay well, sorry. Well, John, you want to say something there. Go ahead, John. Just to touch on the amnesty point. Okay, I, I, I don't want people's names mentioned or your personal feelings on individuals involved in Amnesty International. You could talk about them as a group if you want to. I don't mind. Yeah, okay. I, had, I had this out with members of Amnesty, right? And the thing is, Amnesty International worldwide are against the death penalty and torture. Yes, members from the, that organisation here in this country openly, openly, any chance they got on radio stations or on... TV, yes, they advocated and promoted abortion. Advocated abortion. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and promoted a yes vote. Yes. Choice, freedom of choice for women. That's freedom of choice well, for that, women. That's, they said it became a women's rights issue. And, Andy, yeah. exactly. just meant, Andy, you just said that about rights for women. Getting back to the female unborn child again. What about her rights? It's it's the right. It's it's by saying that the 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 human being, the person that's walking and talking and breathing air, is is the person that has the rights. Okay, so so okay, so the woman's rights you believe trumps the unborn child's rights. Okay, but well, stay there for a second. Stay there, please, all of you. Let me just go to Jude as well. Jude, you're on classic kids. Oh, hold on, Jude. I'm gonna switch you on there. Hang on. Sorry, Jude. Go ahead. Hello, Niall. Uh, Jude, I mean, 6,666. It's, it's, it's a very ironic number, it really is today. But anyway, uh, abortions carried out in this country. Um, and some people are saying, well, particularly those who are pro-choice, that these figures shouldn't be published, that we're trying to shame women by publishing them. I don't think so. And I agree with everything that gentleman there, Andy, said. Oh, oh, Jesus. I agree with everything he said, except for one thing. I think they should be published. Now, those 6,666, that was a number that was published. No one knows the names, addresses, or the identity of those women, so they're not being shamed. But I think it should be published because it highlights the need for abortion because these amount of women need that Jesus service. So it's another problem for abortion. Well, well, I mean, I mean, it would be fair to say, Jude, that before we had abortion legislation, three thousand five or three thousand two hundred people went to the UK in two thousand sixteen, which is the last figures that I actually have here. Which means that it seems that three thousand six, three thousand and twenty or two hundred people actually did need abortion, but the rest obviously didn't need it that badly. But now the word "need" is a very leading word to use. Well, yeah, maybe. Sorry, Jude. Continue. Show the abortion. It's a facility that's there. No one's forcing a woman to have a baby. Yet now, no woman should be forced to have a baby. Hang on, please, I'll let you let you speak. Sorry, go ahead, Jude. You have an abortion. You have an abortion. You don't. No one's forcing to have an abortion. But it highlighted there was that service was needed to be here because people had to travel. Obviously, as that lady was saying, before abortion was legalised in other countries, the figures were higher because there was loads of illegal abortions, say over in Belgium or whatever other parts of Europe, and no one is going to report the statistics on illegal abortions. Of course, the number is going to show up as it's legal. Okay, so people would have been aboard. Uh, I know there are women who ordered the pills online illegally as well. That probably wouldn't yeah. have been counted. Yes, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, can I just make the point as well that the, the figures in, in Ireland are still very low compared to international figures of countries of a similar size to Ireland. So if we look at countries like Scotland, Norway and New Zealand, they all have a population kind of four and a half, five and a half million, similar to ours. And they have every year kind of 12, 13,000 abortions, 11, 12, 13,000 abortions. So the numbers in Ireland have been lower than other countries. We have at the moment, with the new figures show us, there's about one in every 10 pregnancies in Ireland ended in abortion in 2019. In Britain, it's gone from one in five to one in four. So the numbers here have been low. So we're doing, we were doing something differently to other countries. And I think that's where I would like us to look and see, but why were the numbers lower? And 
you know, can we agree that at least no woman should feel... Why, and why, do you, why, why do you think the numbers are lower? Is Ireland different in the sense that maybe we do provide more support for single mothers or single well, women I, or women who want to have a career or housing? Or Is Ireland better and maybe we morally are different? I mean, what's the reason why you think those figures are I think are one of the reasons... Protected sex. Well, Sorry, I, I Jude? I, I said there's probably less unprotected sex. Oh, less unprotected sex. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not sure whether that plays a role, but one of the reasons I think that was there was the fact that abortion wasn't legal here. So when a woman went to see um, her GP or went to a family planning centre, there was more of a chance that that person might help them to find other options or to help them through the pregnancy. The default wasn't, well, do you want to keep it or so do, you, so do you think this? So do you think this figure of six six thousand six hundred and sixty six this time next year? Do you predict that will increase? I think if we don't do anything to better support women in pregnancy and to address the actual issues that women have around pregnancy and if a woman being afraid of carrying on, then the numbers will increase. Because that's what happens in other countries. Okay, sorry, Jude. Go ahead. If a woman doesn't want to be pregnant, just want she doesn't want to have anything inside her, she doesn't want to be pregnant. I can't abortion the facility abortion there to facilitate her and support her if she doesn't want to be pregnant for any other reason. Just that, say she wants to keep her figure. Just well, why can't she? The abortion's there for her needs. No one else is forcing anyone else who wants to have a baby to have an abortion. The facility is there to help people who don't want to be pregnant. So to support people who don't want to be pregnant, that's what abortion is there for. To support them. Legally. Well, I, I thank you for your honesty, but unfortunately, that's not what was told to the Irish people before repeal. We were told this is for the hard cases, this is for the really, really tragic cases. Nobody would have an abortion because they want to keep their figure, nobody would have an abortion because of a job. No way anybody would do that, Maeve. Don't be ridiculous. We were told no abortion, if it, was, abortion, it would be safe, legal, and rare. We were told what the reason is. We were told what the reason is. I don't understand what it matters, what the reason is. If someone don't want to be pregnant, no matter what reason, what does the reason matter? As long as the facility is there so they can have it legally and safely. Ending a life will, can never be something as simple as a, a simple medical procedure. There is always more involved when you end the life of your child. And I, I'm not saying this to shame women. I think women understand that. They understand it's a big decision and many women carry that with them. As but you, but men, okay, but, but Jude, you're talking about a pregnancy like it's something, you know, like uh, when you said they don't want to be pregnant. Being pregnant is not like, maybe, I don't know, you want larger breasts. It's not something you do for vanity. Uh, it's not something that you're meant to be able to change. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a bodily function, so to speak. Yeah, but you can it's a maternal that. function. Pregnant, yeah, but, I mean, but it's not the same as some other physical attribute that you might be talking about getting removed because you don't like the look of it. Uh, you know, the, you're talking about whether you believe it's another human being or another life, or it certainly is a life anyway. There's no doubt about that, whether you believe it's just a group of cells that are alive or a baby that's alive. Matter as much as others, then. Okay, but so so this is what it comes down to, isn't it? Okay, so do you believe I'm that, glad that, that we're finally starting to have okay. an honest debate? Okay, so so and this is the same question I asked Andy. Well, the same question I asked Andy. So, you know, if your hen, as you call her, your wife, uh, gosh, and I hope anything never like that ever happens to you. You don't have to ever make decisions like that in your life. But but, but if she, but but if she was five months pregnant and and there you are at night and you know she's got a nice little bump and she's rubbing it and you're rubbing it and everything else and you're all very happy about it. Is that life inside her worth less than somebody who's lived for 60 or 70 years? Same question I ask Andy. Do you believe it's worth less? It is, yes. Do you? Yes. I find that intriguing. Considering you have a child, I find that intriguing. Yes, and I love my child and I want my child. My wife wanted to be pregnant, but if she, if she wanted to get rid of the pregnancy, I wouldn't have stopped her. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have anything got to do with it. I would have supported her. If she didn't want... Even if pregnant. you wanted the baby? 
Yeah, but my wants don't come into it. She's the one. Your wants don't come into it. I mean, are you serious? Well, I think that, that's quite hypocritical, though, that we, we say that men have no choice at all before pregnancy, but as soon as the baby is born, a man is responsible financially for that baby. But yes, they're totally out of the equation before pregnancy. I, I think and a baby, when a baby is conceived, when a human life is conceived, a new human being is conceived, there is a new life there. And if that child has a mother and a father, regardless of whether they're two cells or they're sucking their thumb in their 12-week scan or whether they're kicking at five months or whether they're actually born and out on the table, out on the delivery table. That is a child with a mother and a father. I mean, if that's the case, Jude, let's just get rid of maintenance payments altogether and fathers could just say, well, I didn't want the child. I know, I do think if you, if the child falls out... Oh, once it's born, that's okay. That's different then, isn't it? Okay, all right, fair enough. They don't have to be with the child, but they should support the child. I just feel fine enough. But it's a really slippery slippery slope once we start deciding which human lives matter and which ones don't. And which which mothers are we going to say as a society? Which mothers will we help continue their pregnancies and support them in their parenting that baby? And which mothers will we help to end their baby's life? Okay, well, stay there for a second. Let me just go to June as well. June, you're on Classic Kids. Aiden, June. I'm fine. Um, first of all, I wanted to point out what you just said a, f- a few minutes ago about um, we don't know the true figures before the referendum. We don't know them because of the online purchases. Mm-hmm. So, and the other thing is, I am pro-choice. Okay. And I'm quite. I am quite. It's a woman's right to decide what to do with their own body and i think if it's under 12 weeks it starts out as an embryo and it's if it's a fetus well then it hasn't even developed and if a woman women women fought hard to have rights to have that facility and now you're d- trashing and trawling babe is a woman by the way can i just point that out and, sh- and, and sh- and Maeve, I, I believe, is a great defender of women's rights. I can't hear what you said. I think Maeve is a great defender of women's rights, and she is a woman. Yeah, but I still, I'm a defender of women's rights too, but I also believe in pro-choice. And we had a referendum. It's something called the democratic process. Mm-hmm. And we went through, Maeve, you said earlier that these facts weren't out for the the vote and that was not true there was endless endless on all well, media channels if i could just clarify that to you what, what, what i meant well, you look was, you've had a lot we were told time. about the hard cases and we were we were told to forget about no, all the other no, situations you're That's manipulating what, what happened before it and the other thing is that don't ride roughshod over my opinions because you can't say that a fetus an embryo is more important than the woman who is carrying it. And there has been abortion. Can I I finish what I was going to say, please? Sure. For millennia, women have sought ways of ending their pregnancies for various reasons. And we have a right to choose. When I was fertile and when I, if I had ever, I, I had plans. If I ever got pregnant, I was headed straight to England because I never wanted a child. And you, yet you want to force it on people in every situation. You would like them to change their mind. Now, isn't well, that you know, I, Yeah, I, I, fully, I fully respect your opinion. And I, and I actually think, I'm, I think it's great that you're 
happy to articulate your opinion so, so clearly and to be honest about your opinion. And I think that's really refreshing. And I, I fully, mm. as Niall said, I, I do support women's rights. But I think when, and, and I suppose to be honest, the reason I got involved in pro-life advocacy was actually because I saw what was happening to women with abortion. And I saw that I hadn't realized what went on in an abortion. I didn't know anything about it. Nobody had told I me. Know where when you're I was going younger. No, well, no, you probably possibly don't. When I was younger. Uh, no, let, let, her finish you. let her finish you. Okay. If I had gotten pregnant in college when I was younger, I quite possibly would have had an abortion because nobody told me anything about what was involved. So one of the reasons I'm personally involved in pro-life advocacy is I feel women aren't being told the truth about abortion. They're not being told the truth about that, and they deserve that. But the other reason is that I believe that every human has the right to to live and that human rights from start to end. So I, I think there are two reasons. So to say that I need to respect your opinion and you might not respect mine, I fully respect your opinion. And I, I agree that in society there are differences. And at the moment, the Irish electorate has decided to remove all human rights from unborn babies before birth. So abortion is legal. I accept that. I recognize that. I'm not happy about that because I think it's incredibly Obviously. sad that we've lost 7,000 babies' lives. But I also think it's incredibly sad that many of the women who do choose abortion talk about it afterwards and they say, well, you know, I just didn't know what to do and I didn't want to tell anybody and I was afraid I'd lose my job. I was afraid my parents would pick me out. My boyfriend said he'd leave me. I don't think that's women's choice if we're not actually investigating those reasons women have abortions and saying, well, what can we do to help? Okay, okay, okay well, sorry, this sorry. Is old, this is old... Um, this is old, this conversation. No, 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 I, I, I do get it. We haven't really had the conversation since the referendum because we spoke about it so much at the time. We kind of got, you know, a bit of weight laid with the whole thing. So we decided tonight to talk about it because obviously this was in the news today. Uh, these figures were in the news today. And ju- I mean, the main reason we decided to talk about it was the amount of people online, uh, June, that were saying these figures shouldn't be published because publishing these figures in such a way very publicly in the newspaper, I think they're not most of the newspapers today, basically is still carrying or trying to push shame on women who've had abortions. Uh, and well, I don't agree with that. Mm. So you but think? Do you I, think it's important that we see the figures and we know the figures? But they should. They shouldn't be. You know, like you should be able to find them online on HSE or something. You know, they, I mean, what's the point of announcing it and then getting people all riled up about it when the answer is that we voted for it? And Do you women think are safe, and women have a right to choose. I believe that. But it is one of the most controversial debates in my 20 years of being a talk show host. It is the one debate that is guaranteed always to end up in a row and has been for 20 years. It has never stopped. Actually, we took a break from it after the referendum, but it was always guaranteed to start a fight on the air. So so it splits, it divides the nation because it comes down to morals, doesn't it? And different it's types of morals. Moral. No, no, right? By the way, I'm June, I'm not suggesting you have bad morals. You just have different morals. Yeah, well, you needed to reward that a little bit. Well, well I, th- I think Re- you're right, Donald. It, it comes down to morals is one aspect. And, you know, we need to, as a, as a society, we need to decide, you know, we make laws all the time based on what we think is morally acceptable or not. At the moment, the laws state that abortion is morally acceptable in the law. And there are those like myself who would like to change that. It wasn't morally acceptable in the law, so others changed that. That that part of it will go over and back because it's in the politicians' hands now. But there are also human rights involved. You know, do we protect the life of an unborn human being at any point up to birth? I don't, there are I don't women's think issues a, involved. Are there I women who are being forced into abortion? Child. Are we helping them? 
I, I really believe uh, what has been said before, that a woman who has lived her life and is a, an adult <clears throat> should be able to choose without to choose to have an abortion if she in her in her situation because there are a multitude of situations she should be able to access it safely and be able to have it okay well do me a favor stay there if you can hang with us uh Maeve, i'd really appreciate it jill you're on classic kids go ahead jill. hi Neil. how are you how you doing jill um okay jill you you had a termination for medical reasons last year yes Yes, in, of August 2019, um, my baby had um, incapacity. It was basically the skull bones weren't, for, weren't forming. Okay. And the child, the baby wouldn't live outside the womb. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm very sorry to hear that. So um, basically, I was told that on my 12-week scan, I was told come back in two weeks' time. You know, just to clarify the reason, to clarify everything up that it's right. So I came back and. I was passed, you know, to um, like a consultant. Yep. Another consultant passed me on to another consultant. They both, they all had the same, like, um, result in the end that it was an incapacity. And basically, I had, to, I was told, I was sat down and I was told I had to end the pregnancy, terminate the pregnancy, which I didn't even like the word terminate, you know, because as I say, it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my choice with medical reasons. You know, they were saying it's a very complex issue. Now, they and what, was, it, was there a risk to your life as well? It would have been, it would have been, yeah. Okay, so like, you, you would have been, in, in the statistics, you would have been one of the 21 that were carried out under the legislation, the, the risk to I health could, category. I could have been, Neil, yes. sorry, um, I could have been, yeah. you know, I didn't kind of look into it that much. You know, I just thought... Like, that must have been you know, devastating for you at the time, absolutely. It was, it was, it was, yeah. I'd be honest with you, I was actually even afraid, like, that the night before, I, like... You know, you're given the medication and you're bought in and, you know, they treat you with the greatest respect there, you know. And basically, they give you the medication to you know, bring on the baby and, you know, the next morning I delivered a baby boy and, like, I was actually telling the nurse before, that night before, myself and my partner, we were, we were telling the nurse like that we were afraid to look at the baby, you know, like, because, you know, like, with the skull not forming, you know, you're just thinking, what's the baby going to look like or... Now, to be fair, when he came out, when the baby was delivered, he was beautiful. He had um, nose, mouth, lips, you know, all his features, ten fingers, ten, ten toes. For all the world, it was like a lump, a kind of a, a liver hanging up and coming yeah. off the top of his um, skull, which if that probably, if the baby probably got bigger, that liver could, you know, that lump of kind of liver, that's what it looked like. Could have been a brain, yes. Broke and went into my bloodstream, which would cause me sepsis. Okay, all right. So I, I know I, I do understand the reasons why, but it was a baby that you yeah. wanted, of course, at the time. It wasn't. Oh, of course, yeah, yes, it wasn't yeah, the yeah, yeah, of course. And I and like, I'm really I, sorry to hear that. I, I was told from twelve weeks, like this is, you know, like this is not a possibility. But I was still persevering. I got to twenty three weeks, and you know, nausea then was kind of taking its toll on me, and you know, the tiredness, and it was a case of like. Like, I was kind of rang about, again, kind of about the 20 weeks come in, and I was like, no, 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 I still go. And I got about 23 weeks, and I delivered him, because my body couldn't fight it, any, you know. I understand, yes. Yeah. So, I'm, uh, I'm very yeah, sorry, Jane, that it must have been a very trying and a very, a very tough time for you as well. 
you know. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, we delivered a lovely baby boy, as I say, like, hat in his head, you wouldn't even recognize there was something wrong with it, you know. I know, I know. And uh, and when you when you hear the figures today, 6,666 abortions in Ireland, do you believe that it's necessary to publish those figures? I don't, really, because you don't know what people are going through in 9-11, like, you know, or some of the medical grounds, you know, like, and it's not right either for people to... Tr- to say, oh, you can't do it, you can do it. You know, like, it's up to the person if you stand, like, if someone stood in my shoes back then, you know. Well, like, well, there were, you know, according you know, to the figures, there were 21 people in your shoes, so to speak. Yeah, um, well, I could have been the 21, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, there were 21 way, so. people who had to have it done for medical yeah. reasons, for health reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, there were uh, now, I many that didn't. Very, I was very cross, and I still am very cross, like, we were given no birth cert, like, Right, okay. You know, he was, you know, I do, I do think the government would leave people down in them predicaments, you know, like you have to be Yeah, you should be given a birth cert if you want a birth certificate, but absolutely. There was other criteria as well, it came under and the child had to be, um, the baby had to be 500 grams, whereas Alfie was weighing 350 grams. If he was weighing 500 grams, breathing or not breathing, I would have guessed it. Are you st- so they have a they have a criteria of weight for a birth certificate. Weight, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't. Oh, well, hang on, sorry. Uh, were you aware of that, Maeve? That there's a criteria for getting a birth certificate of weight. I have I've heard some of those things before, and and Jill, I just want to say I'm so sorry for what you went through. It sounds like it must have been such you a know, difficult like time for you. It's it's good to talk about it, you know. I try not to bottle it up. I try to keep active, you know. Like I was just only after coming from his grave, but you know things like that, you know. But um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, I try it's, to put it's so, a, a brave face on it. Yeah, yeah well, and I think it's it's so helpful to other women who, you know, hear you share that they're not the only woman who who went through a diagnosis like that in pregnancy because it, it can I be was, terrifying. And and if your if your health and your life is at risk, you know, I think there is yeah. nobody in the world who would say that if if your health is at risk, your life is at risk yeah. that that like, we, we can deliver that baby early. And I'm so sorry yeah. that you you weren't you know able to get a birth certificate or that you weren't able to oh. to have those things that you would have hoped for. But I'm so glad you got to meet your little baby, as, you know, that you got to see your yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It was lovely when the nurse said congratulations. It was nice that he was acknowledged. And they treated the baby like, you know, they changed his clothes a little, um, did you know, the knitted um, little capes they wear. He, she changed them every day. I was so nervous to change because he was so delicate with his skin. But, you know, they yeah. treated him, you know, like any other baby that, you know, in the hospital and they changed him, they bought him out, she was talking to him, she was, co- you know, just the support they gave me was like really, really like, you know, outstanding. And how are you now, by the way? How do you feel about it now, Jill? Looking back now at that that, that time in your life. You know, I think this was only in August two ni- two, of 2019. I'm still kind of like, did this really no, happen that way? Mm-hmm. And have you had much support? Um, Since Thalacom were very good now to be fair they you know gave us memory boxes they give you candles and they give you like a handprint footprint you know and you know they, you know, they meet up with you if you want to talk and you know things mm-hmm. like that and that's like a that made it, you know, it it made it a bit better I suppose it made things oh, easier yeah, yeah 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 and you know you meet people in that the same category and you know and everyone is there to kind of help each other but Sometimes I felt I was left go like a bird, you know, free and kind of like, where do I go? You know, because I was so cocooned for the week up there, if you get what I'm saying. I know, like, yeah. My partner were, and like he took it very bad as well. He took it worse than me up in the hospital, if you get what I'm saying, because at the end I was kind of carrying it and my body went through it and I was kind of like shocked. Do you know, is this half happening? You know, that way, because I, 
I also had a kind of previous dead as well in the family of my father, so it was kind of like, my, it was my partner. Then was, you know, when he was holding the baby, it was kind of like, because he didn't, you know. He was he devastated, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, do me a favour, just stay there for a second, because Marion, you're on Classic Hits. How are you Marion? How are you? Uh, Marion, you've been listening to Jill's situation. Now, Jill comes under the category of terminations that were carried out uh, because of the risk to life or health uh, and obviously, in listening to Jill's story, there's nothing anybody can do about situations like that, unfortunately. It's just one of those facts of life that sometimes that can happen. But these figures yeah. of 6,666 abortions in Ireland and people giving out today saying they shouldn't be published, do you believe they should be published? The question is, why should it be hidden? Sorry? Like if the, why should it be hidden as such? Because you've got to remember, abortion is funded by the taxpayer. Are we not entitled to know the statistics? Of what we're actually. Well, there's many operations funded. are funded by the taxpayer, and we're not entitled. And we to do know. get stats of the various different. We get the waiting list, how many were treated, of various different ailments. Some that are on waiting lists for years. As I said, my dis, my daughter with scoliosis, we had to be shipped over to England to have necessary surgery. Well, if it happened me in 2018, I would like I would have having to go to England to carry. Do you know they would have having to carry to deliver the baby early? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Marion, you know, see, this was the, always the problem. Like, in the, Marianne, in, in, well, well, can, can I just say just to all of you, this was the problem when we had the referendum, because there are genuine cases, Marion, where people yeah. are in a very difficult situation and yeah. a very difficult decision has to be made by both doctors and patient who, yeah. and Jill yeah. would be the patient. And, yeah. and that decision is never made lightly. And the problem yeah. in Ireland at the time was we didn't have the clarity, Marion. Now, I, you know, I think a lot of people maybe voted in earnest in that particular referendum to help people like Jill. But unfortunately, that did open the floodgates for a lot more. So, I, I mean, do, do you, you do understand that there are people, there are genuine cases sometimes, Marion, that yes. have to be dealt with. And like, um, as we have Padre Tobin, um, he you remember March of last year, we had a couple whose child was misdiagnosed. That's right, yes. And they were pressurised into an abortion. And it turned out there was nothing wrong with the child. That was one case. I do remember that. Yes, sorry, Jill. But that's one case. No, so you know, like I was kind of passed, you know, between two consultants. That's right, yeah. And my consultant did say that to me. This was a misdiagnosis up in Dublin, and the extreme lengths he went to to make sure this was, you know, accurate. I I would hope after that after that happened in Dublin. Yes, I would hope yes, that would never yes, happen again because, yes, in fairness, yes. I know Marion, it did happen. I'm not denying it did, did happen. And it's probably happened in the past too, but I think they would be very cautious about this in the future. Okay, sorry, I can, I, can only hear, I can only hear one at a time. Sorry, Marion, finish what you want to say. Um, well, the fact is, it was actually an illegal abortion because it was an abortion at 15 weeks performed on a perfect child. That's right. Grants, and nobody has been held accountable. But, that, but they didn't know at the time. They believed at the time that child yeah. um, was going but to die. It, it does pose questions how many absolutely. more have been done. And uh, it absolutely. happened in Britain. The, the other... As it, uh, okay, as, we, but getting, uh, getting back to the figures, are you, su- are you surprised at the figures? I'm not surprised whatsoever because that's the kind of mindset it creates that children are actually disposable. It becomes it becomes the norm, but the, the question is like I I fail to understand like there's so many of us on waiting. I wouldn't agree there because like when I was up in that ward, like that ward treated like people with cancer in the womb, babies like me, like 
being honest, um, people had come in well, there were medical reasons, I'd be honest with you. They didn't come in there, like, for care, you know, reasons, like, they didn't want, didn't want to. Well, I, I, may, maybe in the ward you were in, Jill, obviously for different reasons, but, you know, and, and there were 21 terminations carried out for that reason under the law and uh, that your baby obviously was delivered early. But in saying that, there were 6,542 other cases which weren't carried out for that reason. They were carried out for reasons of, for economic reasons. People just didn't want the baby. People wanted to have a career. They were healthy babies. They just didn't want them. So that there are different reasons. But sorry, you want to say something, Eve? Go ahead, sorry. Or Maeve? I, I, yeah, no, well, there was a few things, but I was just going to say on that, I think in, in Jill's situation, and um, where she had that procedure in the hospital, and I'm not sure whether it was under the, because of the condition of the fetus that the abortion was granted, or the risk of her life or health, I'm not sure about that part. But I don't even like mentioning the word abortion, I say end prematurely, you know that. Yeah, because, early uh, delivery, I think, yeah, is, yeah. is, is more, pro- yeah. I, I think that's a more appropriate term when, you're talk- when we are talking about somebody who wanted a baby, Maeve. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. and I, I think that you know that there are technicalities there in the background, and I don't think it, there's any help helpful to anybody to go into that um, at, at the moment. But I was just going to make the point that that was in in hospital, from what I understand from Jill. That's right. Whereas yeah. the majority of abortions, they're they're performed well, they're administered by the GP who gives the woman pills um, to take, um, and most of those women have those. You go through the abortion procedures themselves at home. So yeah. the majority of, of women who have abortions in this country. They actually had them at home, and that can be for any woman who's gone through that. It can be quite a, a difficult experience to go through at home, and mm-hmm. um, so the majority of women don't end up in hospital who who have um, terminations for for various reasons. Yeah. Niall, yes, I just make it. Well, I, I know you're coming near an end, but like um, I often r- refer to say somebody like Sharon Osborne, for example, she went uh, underwent an abortion at the age of 17, pressurised by her mother. We're always um, throwing this pro-choice and this ideology that women are choosing these abortions. But in reality, we're only fooling ourselves to think pre- parents are pressurised. I, re- I agree completely. It, 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 with Sharon Osborne is one example of going public about women being pressurised into abortion. But not all women are pressurised. No. I'm, I'm no. Not no. A, no. Okay, okay. Well, sorry, one, one at a time. Sorry, Marion, just, just to put the point. Not, I, it would be fair to say that, you know, but to suggest that all women are pressurised suggests that women are stupid and can't that, make their own decisions. But I say we don't. It's just an ideology. Yeah. Sorry, June, you want to say something? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, you implied that they were pressurised. Sharon Osborne is a good age now. That was a yeah, long time ago. She was pressurised by a mother and she's not unique yeah, but there how either. Yeah, but how many... I mean, I mean, June has a point. I mean, and Marion, that was a long time ago. Here in Ireland, for example, it was quite shameful to get pregnant out of wedlock a long time ago. And many yeah. young women would have been pressurised by their fathers or their mothers or the local parish priest to put their baby up for adoption because we yeah. didn't have the facility of abortion. Can I, can yeah. I get back on that? Yeah. Right, so you're saying about them, it, it's only when women in their 60s or 70s are in, say, the past, two decades have been able to come out and say that. So in, uh, that also poses the question, in about 40 years down the line, how many women in Ireland will be coming out saying, well, I've done it because of my boyfriend to accommodate I'm him? Okay, sorry, so, well, one at a time. Sorry, Jill, go ahead. You want to say something? In years to come, 40 or 50 years down the line, who's going to come out and say, well, I've done it because my parents pressurised me? All my friends told me, I've, made, I've met women in those circumstances from Britain, even in cases of rape, every corner they turned, it was people saying, no, have the abortion. Have and, the and, abortion. you know, I, I'm not going to completely disagree. I think everybody knows my feelings at this stage. I in, think in generations in, have changed. Yeah, I think the generations have changed. Yeah.
But, yeah, but, but yeah. if I can ask you, Sir Marion, in relation to, you know, the, the referendum itself, I hate to go back over old ground again. Yeah. But there are, I mean, we would be fools to deny, no matter how pro-life you happen to be, that there are genuine cases out there of women in turmoil. Absolute and oh, utter yeah. turmoil. Oh, yeah, we're only fools. But we're, we're only fools to believe that there are women not coming back from abortions that are not in turmoil. Oh, absolutely. No, I, no, I, I agree with you. That, yeah, I but understand. That's been buried. Do you not think another 20 or 30 years down the line that the shoe could be on the other foot? Yes, June, go ahead. Yeah, to suggest that every every, um, unwanted pregnancy is encountering pressure from all directions is wrong. Yeah, but you you are implying that. I know that happens, but a lot of... Can I finish? Please. You're trying to make out and saying something or not. But you keep talking about women who are pressurized into it. Yeah, I'm just stating the fact that you'll be pressurized. Yeah, but they're not, by a large majority, they're not. You don't know. They're not. Okay, one at a time, sorry, it's difficult, I know. Sorry, Maeve wants to say something to June in relation to that, sorry, Maeve. I just wanted to say that there are a number of studies that have been done in various countries, and, and studies have shown that up to 60 or 70% of women cited some form of pressure. You know, it might have sometimes been actual pressure from a parent or a partner, but sometimes it's much more subtle. It's the fear of what somebody else will think, their friends or their family or their employer, or they're afraid of housing or financial situations or being kicked out of their shared house. So pressure comes in lots of forms, and while I'm really thankful that in Ireland now we don't seem to have the pressure we had or the stigma that was there about being an unmarried exactly. mother. That, I, that things I have gone. But, but what do you think okay, well, okay, well, hang on. Sorry, Jill, you want to say something? Sorry, go ahead, Jill. No, I agree with what the girl is saying. I guess the pressure is kind of all people today, like, you know, in Ireland, you know... This, yeah, there's no social, there's no stigma to being pregnant yeah, yeah. if you're not married. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think there's a different pressure now. There's a different yeah. pressure now. What's the different pressure now? The, the societal pressure, or you don't have a house, you don't have the money, you don't have the... Is that yeah, the, I mean, I would say up until around 30, as a woman in Ireland, up until around 30, you have people telling you, don't get pregnant, you're far too young, don't do anything stupid. If you got pregnant, people say, what are you doing having a baby now? There's a certain point where women are told this isn't a good thing to do. So it's not necessarily... Okay, Okay, just finally, you can respond to that, June, if you want. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, to imply that women are pressurised into pregnancies, into having abortions, sorry, um, is is kind of uh, um, setting the cat among the pigeons because most of the time the women the woman has to make a choice and she makes it for her own reasons i don't i don't i ne- i don't necessarily agree with you june i do believe there are a lot of the times and i do believe the figures that mave has thrown out there that up to maybe 60% of people it might be unconscious pressure where the boyfriend maybe is not really into it and she feels that maybe it's not that it's not her choice it is her always her choice at the end of the day but she might lose her boyfriend if, if she has the I baby know, okay. or she maybe doesn't have a house yet or you know so there, there is no, a lot of I unconscious pressure I understand the, the thing I the other thing I wanted to say and then I'll leave it is that there are lots of studies lots and lots of studies mm-hmm. and it depends on who funded them. Oh, I know. Absolutely no doubt about that. 
Okay, but li- listen, I, I have to wrap things up. May I appreciate you staying on the air so long. And thank you very much indeed, Marion. And Jill, thank you very much indeed uh, for no coming problem. on the air. And I appreciate your honesty. And my condolences to you on the loss of your little baby, all yeah. right? And yeah. um, I hope, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you didn't get a birth cert. I'm actually disgusted to hear that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's yeah. nothing you can do about that, no? Not that I'm aware of. So the state doesn't recognise the state. And and I'm sorry to bring it back to you, and I hope I'm not upsetting you by asking you. Okay, the the state doesn't recognise your baby unless your baby is 500 grams. Yeah, yeah. Which is, by the way, which is only half a kilo. Yeah. Whereas I was aware up to last year, anyway, 2019. So, like, they don't recognise, you know, and if you can't get a birth cert, you can't get a death cert. And then you kind of, you know, when you go to the graveyard, like I put the baby in a family grave. You don't get like a register, you know, it's not on the register, kind of, but... Yeah. If you get what I'm saying, but... That's horrible. Yard. I find that horrible. I, I, I'm yeah. absolutely flabbergasted. I find that horrible. Yeah. Uh, why yeah, weight comes into it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you carry you that know. baby for over 20 weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know? With ten fingers, ten toes, features, and... You know, I mean, I understand some yeah. mothers might want a birth cert. That's fine, and that's their yeah, choice. Yeah. But no, if you, but if you want one and you're recognising that as your little baby, you should be entitled to a birth certificate. To be fair, the hospital did go the, the extra mile for me, and they baptised him, and they gave me like, you know, a baptismal kind of cert. Yeah, but I'm saying that that was from them. But as I say, it's not kind of like government. What was his name? What was his name? Alfie. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how old would how old would Alfie have been now? Alfie would have been due at Christmas, so okay. what month are we in now? We're in June. We're in June now. Yeah. Alfie would be six months now. Okay, yeah. it's, a, it's a, obviously still very raw for you and still very fresh in yeah, your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, know, but... Um, well, look, my condolences to you and your yeah, partner, yeah. and I'm very sorry for the both of you and your family as well, and I'm sure it was a baby yeah. that was much loved and much wanted. Well, I do go to the medium, and, you know, like, I buried my father as well in April, so I know, like, he's with my dad, and, you know, okay. it's going to give you a bit of comfort. Well, if that gives you comfort, that's yeah. all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's yeah. Comfort. All right, listen, thanks very much, Jill. I appreciate okay, it. Thanks, thanks million. All right. Okay, so, bye. Uh, all right, now, after the break, let's lighten the mood a little bit. And loads of people, by the way, texting in, by the way, in relation to Alfie there. Somebody said, no, it's disgraceful that they wouldn't give the woman a birth cert. That's absolutely criminal. It is. It's, it's, I'm going to have to look into that more. I'm going to have to find out about that, because I genuinely didn't know that. And Nala had a baby boy in 2015. We had him for uh, 29 minutes. Well, I am delighted that you had him for 29 minutes. And congratulations on the birth of your baby. But my commiserations and condolences and the fact that obviously you lost your little baby. So I'm sorry to hear that. But I am delighted you had 29 minutes with him. And I'm sure it's 29 minutes you'll treasure for the rest of your life. Uh, Yes, uh, they should. They don't think about women who miscarried. Uh, My girl had to in a year. And the person says, uh, no figures should be reported. This is the funniest text we got all night, by the way. Uh, no figures should be reported. Dentists aren't required to mention uh, figures about how many teeth they've removed from people's mouths. So what's the difference with uh, uh, something growing in your womb? So now you're comparing a tooth to a baby. Right. Interesting theory. Why record it? Count one extraction and not the other. The mind boggles. So you're comparing removing a tooth to having an abortion. I can clearly see the type of person you are. Thanks very much indeed, miss. I won't even bother mentioning your name and give you any opportunity to talk about me. Um, But you're comparing a tooth to a baby. Or even a fetus, if you want to refer to it as fetus. Disgusting. There's no, absolutely no words to describe that text. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.